Hi, this is Elaine. We've hosted guest experts on impactparents.com every week since 2011. And since 2017, they've been podcast style interviews. Now we're dipping into those archives to share these fascinating conversations with leading world experts on the Parenting with Impact podcast. Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Elaine with Impact ADHD, and I'm thrilled to welcome back another fabulous interview guest today. Today, we are speaking with Judith Bass, who's a certified educational planner and colleague and friend over the years. Welcome, Judy. It's great to have you. Thank you very much for having me, Elaine. I am so glad you're here. I have to tell you guys, I I found Judy first through an article she wrote in, I think, Attention Magazine or Attitude Magazine. Yes. And I remember sort of cautiously calling her out of the blue because I was so impressed with what she had to say and I was looking for some guidance. And she was so gracious and so wonderful. And we've really had a wonderful collaboration over the years since then. And Judy really is my go-to educational consultant for complex kids, kids with ADHD, learning differences. Um, She's had over 30 years of experience as an educator and an admissions counselor, an educational consultant. And she really, she trains other educational consultants to how to work with kids with special needs and, and LD and I know when I was looking, just so you know, for my own daughter, I was only going to hire somebody to work with her locally who had been trained by you. (laughs) That was my parameter. Yes. Um, Thank you. She's published a lot. She's a national presenter and speaker and and just a a fabulous resource. And we'll tell you more about it later, but she's published a, a resource called College Web LD, which is a searchable database of disability services available at U.S. colleges and universities, and it's just extraordinary. So, Judy, I'm so thrilled to have you. Welcome, and let's dive in. Thank you. So today we decided that we wanted to talk about what if my kid is not ready for college? Because <laughs> a lot of parents in our community, whether their kids are have ADHD, anxiety, LD, or, or are twice exceptional, worry about this issue of, of, is my kid ready? How do I know if they're ready? What do I do? So what if my kid's not ready? Where do we go? Well, there are lots of good options nowadays that can help students prepare for college. I think the piece to look at is where is your child socially and emotionally? And as you know, Elaine, many children with ADHD are several years behind socially and emotionally from where they are physically or even intellectually. Right. And so sometimes that needs some time to catch up. And when a student's very, very intellectually focused but isn't able to manage daily life, for example, outside of the home, uh, there are some great programs that exist 
that can support them in that social emotional growth. There are independent life skills programs. So, so actually, I want to get back to those programs, but before we even get there, I want to sort of capture what you just said, because what you, because I think it's important, I want to highlight it, mm-hmm. is, is that some kids who are academically focused, but may not be socially or emotionally ready, may need a little extra time to catch up emotionally and socially so that they'll be ready to take advantage of college from that academic perspective. Exactly. When students aren't socially ready or even emotionally mature enough to handle college, it can have some disastrous effects, even if they're capable in the classroom, because there's a lot more to managing life than just being in the classroom. So right now we're talking about kids who actually do decently or pretty well at school. Yes. Mm -hmm. These are students who do really well living at home with structure, having either supported classes having a resource room, for example, or having tutors, having an organizational coach working with them. They're getting a lot of scaffolding to help them through high school. Mm -hmm. But once they leave high school, that scaffolding is no longer there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and so much of, of the work that we do is about helping parents begin to slowly take down that scaffolding throughout the course of high school so that that prep is ready. But, but some of the kids even then aren't, necessarily going to be ready. That's Um, right. They just need a little more time. Yes. And, And I think it's very important to recognize that early on. When working with students, we often will say to a family who has concerns about that, when the parents say, oh, I can never see my son leaving for college, he's not mature enough. That's okay. College is in the future, but it doesn't have to be when the child is 17 or 18. And if there's a well laid out plan, the student will actually be more successful by waiting a year or two when he's more mature and ready to take on college and has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, and what I will say from my own personal experiences, and you know, we're going to, let's, let's move into this conversation about options, but it is helpful to start those conversations really early. Yes. So that you're not springing it on a kid junior year and saying, oops, by the way, we don't think you're going to be ready. But that this is, I remember starting to talk about gap years when my, when my oldest child was probably in, in elementary school or junior high school. Right. And, and also pointing out, it's important to point out to, other, to children other examples. Um, fortunately, we have Malia Obama who mm-hmm. took a gap year, and that has really normalized it for a lot yeah. of students. Right. Um, and I talked to them about this enriching them not making things harder. Often we'll say to families, you have a choice of either spending five years in college, which is the likely scenario if you go right away, or taking a gap year and then spending four years in college. Mm -hmm. And again, I just want to reinforce that this conversation is really most effective for children who who are academically in some level inclined or interested. Yes. And, and a lot of the students are that we're talking about are very bright students who are capable of taking AP and honors classes in many cases when they're in high school, or are maybe in the accelerated or advanced classes in middle school or elementary school. Mm -hmm. And what becomes apparent as they get older, as, as they mature more slowly than their peers, there starts to be a separation socially, even if they can keep up, keep up academically. Um, And that's where we, we caution parents to allow their children to continue to excel academically. I often use my daughter as an example. 
student with ADHD who loves learning, but grades did not motivate her. Grades were something abstract. If she wanted to learn something, she wanted to learn it and she would do everything she could. So what would happen is she was in an AP English class and got a C and they weren't going to let her take it the following year. And I tried to explain that you can put her in a lowest level, on level, honors, any class you put her in, she's still going to get the C because the C is about not turning in homework and not remembering things. It has nothing to do with her intellectual capability. Right, that cognitive. We often try to help parents see the distinction between cognitive capacity and organizational capacity. And unfortunately, students are graded on their process, Mm -hmm. not so much on their intellect. Right, and sometimes their organization interferes with their ability to, to let the teacher know what they've learned. Yes, exactly. Right. And that's where, that's where I think it, I find it really helpful to tie into the kids. It's like the reason we want you to learn processes and organization is because you want to be able to let the teacher know what you really know. Yes. And, and you want to find alternative ways to do that if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, when you do get to college, the world opens up in that way that you can, but you do need to get through high school. Right. Um, Hardest thing we ask kids to do is get through high school, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It is. It's the one time in life where you don't have a lot of choices and sitting for seven hours is very difficult. Yeah. Okay. So smart teens who may not be quite emotionally and socially ready for college, what are some options available? Well, there are gap year programs that have internships mm-hmm. where a student can live in the community of other students under supervision and learn, have an internship where they have to show up for work on time, get up in the morning, they're responsible for taking any medication themselves, and they have to be an employee. They have to learn to follow instructions and to get things done. And the consequences of not doing that are much softer because it's a, it's a purposeful internship. The goal is to develop those executive functioning skills and to develop the ability to have confidence in your decision-making, to trust yourself. And those are things you also need as a freshman in college. But this way, you're almost doing what you would do as a freshman without the grades, without the courses. So it's a two-step process. Then there are life skills programs for students who really need a lot of assistance with the daily life skills of cooking or cleaning or taking meds or hygiene, getting up, laundry. There are programs that really work through those areas for the student, but the student's perfectly capable of taking a course at a local college. So there's sort of a hybrid program. Then there are some travel programs. Mm -hmm. And the travel programs do a, a tremendous job of helping students develop those executive functioning skills that they need and the confidence to trust themselves. Yes. By being responsible for others while you're on a trip and being responsible for yourself and getting peer feedback, that's the best way to learn. And being away from parents is sometimes the only way to break the cycle of dependence. And Say so a little bit students, more about that. Students, children and parents have a, a pattern that, that's been around for a long time of who's in charge, who makes decisions, Children will rely on mom because mom's always the one that reminds them about appointments and things. But when you leave home, you have to pick up some of that. And if you're in a supported program, again, you're doing it in a a place that you're getting some guidance, but you're expected to be able to do it yourself. Uh, So for example, if you were 
in charge of cooking dinner for the group that night and you forgot and you were taking a nap. There are some natural consequences to that. Your friends are probably going to be very angry, but they'll still be your friends. And the next time you won't let that happen. And it isn't the same dynamic as it is with your parents uh, where you feel that you're the child being punished or the child being disciplined. Here, it's more of a peer to peer. Well, it's the ultimate natural consequence, right? Exactly. Yes. It's it's real life consequences. That's right. And Um, those are things that need to happen for some students to separate from their families and to have that confidence to come back home and be able to continue to make decisions mm-hmm. for themselves. So, so a lot of this is about bringing kids into the process of decision-making. And, and for some of our kids who are academically doing well, um, they tend to be pretty good at making the school decisions. I know what course I'm going to take. I know what this. But they may not have figured out yet how to apply that to other kinds of decision-making in their life. That's right. They, they don't always have the confidence to commit to something because it's usually decisions are made as a family or by parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as you said earlier, the sooner that parents can start asking their children to make choices mm-hmm. and supporting those choices, regardless if, you know, as a four-year-old, if your daughter wants to wear the purple dress with the green polka dot socks, that's a choice that she feels good about. Mm-hmm. And there's no real downside to that other than being embarrassed to be around her. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then if she might get cold, then you may ask her some questions so she thinks through the process of what she's right. with her, right? If, if it's a spring outfit and a winter day, right? Exactly. And those are the things that as they get older, it's the same. Would you prefer this or that? Mm-hmm. And, and then let them choose and don't really try to undermine their decision, even if you know better. Even mm-hmm. if you know, they have to learn sometimes by coming to you and saying, you know, I wish you had told me to wear the other outfit today because mm-hmm. I was really cold. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing better than, than when a kid comes to you and asks for an I told you so, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because yes. I try really, really hard never to say I told you so, but I love it when they say, yeah, you were <laughs> right, mom. You got it. Right. Um, you know, something else strikes me about what we're saying, because we talked a little bit ago about, you know, preparing kids for this, for the possibility. When we have complex kids, we know it's possible they need a little yes. extra time um, and preparing them for it early. And I was just thinking I wanted to share that I, as I said, I was preparing my oldest child for the possibility. What I didn't realize is in the process of preparing my oldest child, it was my middle child who took advantage of it. Hmm. It was my middle child who came to me senior year and said, and because she was a really strong student, said, if I don't take a break, I'm going to burn out. Mm -hmm. And I want to take a gap year. And I sort of went, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I'm, I'm sharing it because I hadn't considered it for her and it was brilliant. And I hadn't considered it because she was a very good student. Right. And, and that's sometimes what parents fear is that if the student steps off the track, they'll never get back on. Right. And especially with very bright students. And the opposite is completely true. Yeah. That if you do take time off, you have more purpose. You understand why you're going to college the following year. You've experienced some things in life that you wouldn't have had a chance to. And most students say they're looking forward to them going to college now, and they're much more serious about it 
than when they go right from high school. Yeah. And she was actually excited to get back into a classroom, which yes. boggled mm-hmm. the mind, but it really made that difference for her. She missed that, that level of intensity in her learning. And I've that had students tell part. me that, saying, believe it or not, I actually miss school. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So we only have a couple minutes left, and I want to give people information about how to, how to find out more about you. And I love this, this free gift you're offering. So tell people how to find you and College Web LD. Sure. Well, you can look at our website, uh, BathsEducationalServices.com, to get information about our services and our practice and some tips on how to work with your children. And collegewebld.com also has a lot of information on the types of learning support you can find at colleges and sort of what defines them and how to look at them. And we also have uh, a free site where you can go in and have your child take a very short assessment that we call a student success profile. And it will help your child identify his life skills, whether he's an active or passive learner, uh, what type of setting would be best for college. And then you can use that profile to search for colleges that fit that profile in various parts of the country. Right. So the links again are basseducationalservices.com and collegewebld.com. And that's where you'll get a a free gift. Um, Yes. And the the access for your kids to access the student success profile, which just personally, I'm very excited about. (laughs) And we will be doing in the next week. So Okay. Well, very good. So let's sort of bring it back. We only have a couple of minutes left. Sure. What else do we need to highlight or reinforce in this conversation? What's important for parents? You know, and I've sort of modified our conversation a little bit. Really what we're saying is my teen is so smart, but is not yet ready for college. That's right. And I think... Uh, One takeaway would be to start the conversation very early in elementary or middle school, talking about all the options after high school and pointing out some students who maybe didn't go right to college. And then that gets weaved in to the conversation to the point where the student's expecting to look at some gap year programs along with colleges so that he or she can make that decision when the time comes by having lots of choices and not feeling like one is a plan B. Well, so because I know a lot of parents listening to this and and reading this are going to already have kids in high school, how would you adapt that advice for people whose kids were already in high school? Sure. I would say in ninth and 10th grade to say, you know, I know you're struggling academically. You're not handing in work. Let's think about what you want to do after high school, that maybe you might benefit from a year away from academics to learn and develop your executive functioning skills to be more prepared to go to college. Let's look at some programs that might be fun that you can travel or you can do an internship. And let's think about those alongside colleges. So we're looking at both at the same time because maybe you will be ready. We don't know. Now, what about the conversation for the high school juniors and seniors who are already in the thick of the process? I, it's essentially the same saying, you know, I think we should look at gap year programs along with high school programs because you're struggling right now and we don't want you to continue to struggle. You know, you're, you're still just developing your skills. You're still using tutors and you're still relying on us as your parents And we're not going to be there when you go to college. So let's think about some ways to help you prepare for college. College will always be there. 
And there's, it's really a myth that students graduate all in four years right outside of high school. There are so many different variations of that. Let's think about some other things that you might do in the meantime to help prepare you for college. I love that. Well, and I, what I love about your, the student success profile is that it really helps the kids figure out for themselves where they're not ready instead That's of the parents right. telling them that they're not ready. That's um, right. It's always better for the kids to, to own it and step into it and see it as, as their agenda instead of the parent trying to convince them. Exactly. And there are gap year pr- program fairs all over the country yeah. that mm-hmm. parents can go to with their students and have them talk to these people and see what they're about. So we're going to have to close there. Again, thank you, Judy, as always, for a fabulous conversation and an amazing wisdom. You can find out more about Judy at BassEducationalServices.com and find the student success profile at CollegeWebLD.com and several articles by Judy on the Impact ADHD website. I think we have four or five of yours there. Yes. A lot of resources on the website about college readiness, gap years. If you just search the word gap year, you'll find all sorts of stuff on the site if that's interesting to you. Um, And again, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me, Elaine. And to all of you listening, thank you for being here. Stay tuned to the next interview. And until then, enjoy the ride. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.